you are a good, good God This life is yours This song is from my heart You are amazing You are a good, good God This song Oh yeah, yes Oh yeah, yes Maybe you don't know him. Oh yeah, yes. His name is Jesus. Oh yeah, yes. Come on. Oh yeah, yes. When I come on the back, oh no. Oh friend, oh yeah. Christo. Oh yeah, yes. When I come on the back, oh no. Out of my belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Out of my belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living waters. Out of my bellies shall flow rivers, rivers of living waters. And as the river flow, it begins to bring everything to life. It's a life-giving river. Oh, let it flow right here, right now. And as the river flow, it begins to bring every death thing to life. It's a life-giving river. for my liking yes that is what you should be doing that is what you should be doing take a mic that is what you should be doing give a big clap offering unto the Lord make a big big big, big clap offering oh, unto the Lord let it flow right here when you nyamashre when you nyamashre also when you when you give me a few minutes I like the atmosphere do your children swim your children swim be careful about swimming pool
I don't stop them from swimming, but I just feel like I, sometimes I'm asking them to swim before. Give the Lord a big clap of you. So, if you are swimming, um, let, let the, let, yes, let them, let them be a careful watch. Or anytime they are swimming, have a careful eye. I, I don't know how to put it. But I'm not creating fear. But I'm just telling you, I don't want you to come and cry with me. Okay. Okay. Andy, if you change the atmosphere, I didn't want to. But once you do it into worship and you do it what you are doing, then the thing will come. If you turn the thing to worship. Brother, I've been asking the church for you about your name for four weeks. This night, then I told myself that, look, I'm coming to tell the media team. They should come and play. You know, they've been filming. So they should come and play. So immediately I see your face, I'll tell them this is the man I'm looking for. So please tell the church. Nobody knows your name. So when I came out of the office and I said, I, I, this is the white pickup I've been talking about. I said, my man has come to church. This is the... My name is Samuel. Samuel Ajabli Kwame. I've, I've asked the whole church that I'm looking for a man. Because even this night, I said, Father, I need to meet that man. And that that past it was something. But but may God visit you. Okay, can we take a, a declaration and we ask the, the guest minister to flow? Um, there's a sweet atmosphere in the presence of God. Just that song. No, 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 no. I saw, I see when you when you Everybody, can you please lift up your hand? There's a, there's a sweet presence of God in this place. Oh, oh, oh. 
declare the help of God in this place. I declare the help of God to God's people. I declare that God will help his people. I'm feeling some documents, even you. I'm feeling something about some documents about you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I declare, let there be a way for people. Let there be a way where there seems to be no way. This morning, the helper, our helper, the heavenly father, let there be help for God's people. Let there be a way where there seems to be no way. Yes, yes, my brother. minister to us. Let burdens be lifted. Let yokes be broken. Let situations turn around. Let your people know that you are a living God. You hear prayer. You intervene. You rescue. I give you praise. You rescue. You intervene. You are our advocate. I need the answer in my hand. You are our advocate. Lord, lift up fears. Let fears be lifted up. Let things be corrected. I give you all the praise and all the glory. Let's put our hands together unto the living God. I think he deserves a better clap offering of praise. I think he deserves a better clap offering of praise. And even as you keep, as you keep putting your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome a sweet brother very passionate man of God, young, vibrant. His favorite name is Commander. The convener of Kingdom Ambassadors, if you have heard that. He's, he's, I've known him for a long time and I thank God. I, I asked him to come. I said, Pastor Elliot, come. I asked Reverend Tego permission and asked him, I said, Pastor Elliot, come. The truth of the matter, I have not been feeling too well. So then I said, ah, I thought I couldn't make it to church. But thank God I am standing here. Give the Lord. Immediately I asked him, so Pastor, why not? So ladies and gentlemen, with glory to God and appreciation for the man of God. Let's welcome to the pulpit. Pastor Elliot. Second, let's just speak in the language of the spirit wherever you are. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for this sweet atmosphere. We thank you for the sweet atmosphere. We thank you for the presence of God. We thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for the privilege that you have granted us to hear your word. We thank you for the opportunity to sit in your presence. We thank you so much, Father, that as the man of God said, burdens will be lifted off today. We thank you that lives will be transformed. We thank you that needs will be met. And we thank you that most importantly, callings will be reawakened. We thank you so much, Father, for this. We give you praise and we give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may kindly take your seats. And before I do any other thing, I want us to just, in one minute, let's just pray for Reverend Gabriel. That God will keep him, that God will strengthen him. Let's just lift up our voice and pray for him in the next second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the life of Reverend Gabriel. We thank you so much, Father, for the gift that you have given unto us. Father, we pray that you will keep him, that you continue to strengthen him in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much, Father, as the vision bearer for Tantra Hills Assembly. We thank you so much, Father, that you are keeping him. You are keeping him, Lord. You are keeping him, Lord. You are strengthening him, Lord. Every attack of the enemy is warded off. We speak that his mortal body is vitalized. We speak that his spirit is rejuvenated. We thank you so much, Father, that fresh oil is coming so that he can continue to lead us into those glorious purposes that you have ordained for us. We thank you so much, Father. We give you all the praise for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Reverend. Um, this one is not is is almost like a correction. Um, Reverend Reverend called me a brother, please. <laughs> at all, uh, he's, um, he's my father. He's my daddy. No doubt about that. Yes, and, and there is no controversy about it at all. He's my daddy, and it's simple, and that's it. You know, Reverend Gabriel, it's amazing. He's he said he's known me for a very long time. I'm sure he didn't want to disgrace me, but <laughs> he's known me since I've been a child. And, and he used to pray over my head and saying that every calling of God within me is awakened, is awakened. So to me, it's more than an honor to be standing here again. And I want to say thank you so much. Sir. Thank you so, 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 so much. It's a great blessing to be here. And I want to salute the leadership of the church and, and everybody else. God bless you so much. Everything we were coming, the car broke down on the wheel. <laughs> it was, it was, it was something. It was, it was amazing. But we thank God, thank God that we are here. So, throughout this morning, yesterday, I was meditating on what exactly to share, and um, as I was meditating, a few things dropped in my spirit that we should speak about today. But I wouldn't call today. Um, a service per se. I wouldn't say I'm about to preach today. Today I just want us to spend some sweet time in God's presence. Um, we're going to spend more of the time praying and then a little exhortation here and there. And I'm believing God that maybe in the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I'll be done. Amen. Amen. Alright, so by the grace of God, you know, I've, I've been granted the, the privilege of having certain beautiful or supernatural experiences by the Spirit of God. And I remember about five years or six years ago, in one of my encounters with the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit said something to me. I used to hear him audibly, 
but I couldn't see him, but I could hear him audibly, just like how you hear me. So in one of these encounters, there was something that he said. He said, whenever you, you go somewhere or you are anywhere and you begin to see a light flashing on your eye, you begin to see a light flashing on your eye, that means that I'm mightily present in the place. And then he began to teach me a lot. But just for context sake, he said it means I'm mightily present in the place. And that is to say that there are other places. He's always everywhere. But the thing is, how much of him issues out, how much of him is experienced in the place depends on the attitude and the conditioning of the people. And the moment I entered, Reverend, was just happening like that, as if somebody was turning on and off a torch in my face. And, and it comes in different intensities, but this one was very strong. It was very, very, very strong. So I know that God is doing something here. Yes, God is really doing something here. God is really doing something here. We thank God so much for it. We thank God so much for it. We thank God so much for it. Um, the first thing that I want to share is from Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. Mommy, I salute. <laughs> Sorry for not asking. I salute, mommy. God bless you so much. Zephaniah chapter 3, and we'll go all the way to verse 17. From the King James. Alright, so it says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Amen. Now, so as I said, today is not per se a preaching, but there are certain things that I picked up in my spirit that I just wanted to share. And looking at how the Lord dropped these things in me, I believe they'll be exactly what the house needs and the house needs to hear. And so this is the first thing on the list. <laughs> it says, the Lord your God in, the, in your midst is my, can I have this from just the KJV, not the New, New King James, from the KJV itself. Because it renders it more accurately. If you have the cage of it. Okay, good. It says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. So this is a more accurate translation of, of what that scripture is trying to depict. It says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. So, from this, we can see something about the nature of God. That means that from Zephaniah 3.17, we can tell that there are places where God is, but he's not mighty. And there are places where God is, and he's mighty. But over here, he's giving reference or the condition for whether he's mighty or not is in the midst of thee. So he says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. So, anytime a believer 
wants to see the full nature of God displayed. Anytime a believer wants to see God express himself in his fullness, the Bible is telling us that that expression of God in his might, in his fullness, happens when he's in the midst of us. So, every time there is a congregation, a gathering of believers, there is excitement for the Father. Because it is an opportunity for him to be mighty in your midst. He says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Now, in the Old Testament, there were certain very unique experiences that happened. Which is one of it was that God used to appear in material form. Take on the body of a man. The first time God was taking on the body of a man was not when the Lord Jesus came. Because the Bible records Abraham seen three men and then he said one of them is God. And actually had a conversation with God. So we see God materialize and come visit people. And if that experience were to happen again today and God were to walk into this congregation to sit down, we will all catch him that he's here <laughs> and that is because there is a certain habit of god that he cannot do without there is something that god 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 has or does that he cannot help himself about which is that the lord thy god in the midst of thee is mighty so the moment god appears in our midst he can't help it but to be mighty so that is to say that if God were to walk in here in the flesh, he would actually be the loudest in the meeting. He would actually be the loudest in the service. He would be the mightiest in the service. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will be the most excited person in the service. Then he will rest in his love and he will joy over you with singing. So another thing we see God doing is also his energy when it comes to music. This is the Bible's description of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. From Ephesians 5 verse 1, we'll understand why we are reading. It says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. Can we have it from any other translation? Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Now, the Bible is saying that there is a capacity, there is an ability in us to be able to do what God does. And that ability is available because we are his dear children. So we have been empowered to do what God can do. And that within context. Please don't take that out of context. But he says, imitate God as dear children. In, in all we do, we should imitate God. So, the question then is, if the father were to be present in the service, will there be diplomacy because he's the king of kings? <laughs> if the father were to be present in the service, will he be diplomatic because he's the king of kings? No. Will the father be diplomatic because he came in his royal regalia? No. 
because there is a habit there is an attitude there is a nature of the father which is that every time he sees a congregation a gathering of his people he is mighty in their midst he will joy over them with singing there is something about the father when he is present among believers and the children of god must copy that nature amen amen so this is point number one which i feel in my spirit that i should share that means if god were to be in the service this place wouldn't be quiet by now that means that god will be very responsive because he's mighty in, in your midst because god is very expressive when he sees us he, you see the description says he will joy over you with singing like he cannot hold it there is a genuine expression of joy when the father is in our midst And that must be the feel of the atmosphere whenever the children of God gather. Because you know one thing Jesus said, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom should come and thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. In other words, whenever somebody has visited where their father is and comes to where believers have, have gathered, there should be no difference. The nature, the character, the feel, the atmosphere of the place must be the same as around the father there is a very interesting word that is in the bible that we use a lot the word is kabod kabod simply means glory but do you know the root meaning of the word kabod it's culture so when we say father let your glory be seen a lot than what we actually mean is that father let your culture be seen the way you do things your your way of running things let it be evident in the place so this is church this is being a believer the essence of hearing the word of god is so that we can express our divine nature and 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 right now we've 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 looked at an express divine nature that we are to express which is that the lord thy god in the midst of thee is mighty if there is anywhere that your family your friends your spouse your your anybody connected to you will see you most excited most energetic most happy most vibrant it is in the congregating of god's people i like the yes sir <laughs> i love it like expressions like that and then it charges up the atmosphere expressions like that and then it, it makes god come alive in the midst of you It was for no, it was not just for nothing that God asked the children of Israel to shout around the wall of Jericho. The God, you can literally trace back every miracle God did there. And none of them was just by chance. It wasn't like God just wanted to show his past. So he said, let me do something they've, they've not seen before. No, everything God asked them to do is directly, strictly connected to a culture in the kingdom. Is strictly connected to something that is ha happens in the kingdom of God. So by the time God is asking people to go around the wall seven times to shout, it is very, very, very specific. There is a strong correlation between energy, vibrancy, expression, allowing yourself go, letting loose, and then 
the effectiveness of God's power in your midst. That's why there's an old word that is again in the church is avail yourself. It's a word, avail yourself. In other words, shut your mind and let loose. <laughs> avail yourself. Avail yourself. Avail yourself. It's so, it's so surprising. Every minister will tell you something that no matter where they go, no matter how good the sound is, no matter how good the music is, no matter how beautiful their place is, no matter the crowd of people there, once the congregation is not expressive, it shuts his anointing. Once the congregation is not expressive, no matter how heavily anointed he is, he cannot flow. And some introverts will also tell you that no matter how introverted you are and quiet you are, when you go to a place where you meet your friends and everybody is so lively, all of a sudden you can't even keep to yourself again. There is a certain joy that springs out. There is something that just breaks forth. So if amongst mere humans, being expressive can awaken someone onto joy, then shouldn't it be even more in the house of God? Oh, come on. I, 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 now I feel the message is entering. Shouldn't it be even more in the house of God? Because, listen, Jesus said this. He says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. So there is this principle which says that in the kingdom of God, two or three is a crowd. So God, it is a when two or thousand, two or fifty, two or twenty, is a two or three. So when two or three believers are able to congregate, that meeting is so relevant that the, the Lord himself says, I, I have to be there. Imagine six of the heads of states or six presidents of the world decided to meet, to have a meeting. And they chose Ghana. Wouldn't we agree that the whole nation will shake? Suddenly roads will start being constructed. <laughs> Things will start happening. Clean up exercises will start happening in the country. We will see it happening. Can you imagine? That's just six human beings. But it, it isn't about the human beings or their number. It's about their quality. Because of their quality, it makes the meeting relevant. It makes the meeting so powerful. Can you imagine how relevant your gathering is for God to say that I will leave the throne and come when two or three of you gather? Two or three. Not two or twenty. Not two or hundred. Not two or a thousand. He says, just two or three are enough. The father and I have to be there. Two or three. So this is actually a relevant, important, probably the, one of the most serious meetings happening on earth right now. It's happening in this building. Be oh, come on. Because believers have congregated. And one thing I love about our kingdom is this. You know, in, in Luke, as I said today, I'm just flowing. So in Luke, you see that Jesus told Peter, Peter, Jesus appears on, walking on water. Then Peter says, Lord, if it is you, bid me to also come. So Jesus says, come. Now look at this. Peter is looking at the Lord and he's walking on water. He's walking on water. Like something so supernatural is happening with God right there, mist. Then the next funny thing happens. Peter takes his eyes off the Lord and he says, us looking at the boisterous winds and the storms. Then all of a sudden, right in front of Jesus, he starts to sink. 
That is to tell you that those people who wait for God himself to appear to solve your problems, if you don't start changing your mindset concerning the problem now, even if God is standing in front of you, nothing will change. All I'm saying is that in the kingdom, what you perceive, the faith you have, the value you have of what you are doing will create the reality of the thing. So, it is not for nothing I'm saying that this is the most powerful meeting in the world. Because the moment you start to see it like that, that is what it is. The moment you start to tithe like that, that is what happens. Would you, would you, would you ask yourself, why would the Almighty Father be mighty in our midst? Because there is something he's seeing that we don't see. There is something he understands that we don't understand. There is something that he knows is going on when you congregate that we don't know is going on. So he says he's mighty in our midst. It scares me a lot when Jesus lays hand on the blind man and says, be it done unto you according to your faith. It's almost as if every miracle that the Lord performed, he didn't take credit for it, but people didn't notice. The woman touches the hem of his garment. He turns and says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. The woman says, must just speak. It's not fit for me to come into your kingdom. He says, in all of you, I have not seen faith like this. He comes the storm. He says, what manner of man is this? He said, oh, you of little faith. Why? It's almost as if he always gave the credit to miracles to another concept, not him. What concept was that? Faith. What is faith? The substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith is simply how much you can fix your gaze on what God is saying rather than what you are seeing. Faith is how much I'm saying you can fix your gaze on what God is saying rather than what you are seeing. In Mark 11, Jesus Christ is walking with the disciples. He's hungry. He sees a fig tree afar off. He goes close to it. There are no figs. And he says, no man will eat of you again. In Mark 11, I think somewhere from 20, he says, no man will eat of you again. Then he's coming back the following day from Bethany. And then Peter says, hey, master, the fig tree you cursed yesterday, it is dead. It is dried up from the root. But there is something beautiful that the Bible says. It says, when Jesus said it, the disciples heard it. When he said, no man will eat of you, he said, and the disciples heard it. And then the following day, the Bible says, and when Peter and Kohen, they saw that the fig tree which the Lord had cursed had withered from the roots. So, whatever you decide to speak, the reality you decide to create, whatever you think of what you are doing, it's just a matter of time before you see it too. He spoke and they heard. But when they were coming, they saw the only difference between these two events was time. The only difference between these two events was time. And Jesus' response to them was, He says, Ah, Peter, have the God kind of faith. Like, think about it. It's, it's like, again, he was attributing the whole thing to faith. Your perception is like, He said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, go and throw yourself into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that that which he has said will come to pass, will have it. Can you imagine? He said that in the kingdom, what you think is what you get. What you say is what you get. I believe in one-time transformation. A lot of people don't believe in it. A lot of people think they believe, but they don't believe. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, sometimes you think, you, you, oh, let me keep coming to church. One day, things will be fine. But I believe that every time you come, everything is fine. 
That, that's, that's it. Like, that's what I think. I, I don't think that there is any day that you step inside that today there nothing happened. Maybe another day will be my day. I don't believe in that. I believe in every single word the man of God speaks. I believe in the atmosphere. Even the atmosphere, I believe in it. <laughs> that, that, no, even if nothing happened, I will come and sit down. I remember one time, one great man of God said, God told him, he said, it's better to sleep in my presence than to sleep at home. <laughs> if you were tired, it is better to come and sleep in God's presence than to sleep at home. <laughs> it is way better. So this is a powerful, great meeting. And if God himself was here, he would be so expressive and be full of joy. To express yourself in the house of God is not a bad thing. To be expressive in the house of God is not a bad thing to do. It is not, it is, it's not unethical. No, at all. It is scriptural. It is kingdom culture. It is, it is God-like. To express yourself in the house of God. And when you do it, you realize that you are happy. And when you do, you realize that you are free. And when you do, you realize that there is, there is the joy of the spirit. The Bible says rejoice. Always I say rejoice. God himself will joy over you with singing. Do you know that the Bible says Jesus never, he, there was no iniquity found in him. He chose justice over iniquity. And so because of that, God anointed him in Hebrews 1. God anointed him with an oil above all his, his fellows. Can you imagine? Jesus Christ was given a reward for living a life without sin. And that reward was an anointing that nobody else had. Nobody could par with that anointing. What was the anointing? The Bible says God gave him an oil of joy. Some call it the oil of gladness. He said, I have anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows. So, if there is any oil that Jesus has more than everyone that we are sure of, it may not be. You see, the miracles, he said, greater works than these will you do. So, maybe, just per chance, you may be able to attain to the Lord's works and even surpass it. But there is one thing you can never pass the Lord in when it comes to joy. <laughs> That when it comes to joy, you cannot surpass the Lord. No. no, nobody has put an injunction on you. Nobody has put an embargo on you that joy is not allowed here. Nobody has put an injunction that you are not allowed to be expressive. Nobody has said that when you come to the house of God, the ethical thing to do is to be prim and proper. No one has said that. And but man of God, no one has also said that we should be shouting. We should be, no, that's what I'm saying. That that's what the Bible rather is saying. That when you come, be expressive, be joyful, be excited about what God is doing. Do you remember David's account? The guy is coming in so joyful about what God has done. He's rejoicing and he's dancing until he, his royal regalia tall. Can you imagine the amount of energy and joy to take to do that? To tear your royal regalia, to tear it like to just tear it off in dancing. Hey, I, I don't even think as at now in the 21st century, I don't even think worldly people dance to the point that they are dressed tears. I don't think so. So imagine the kind of energy and, and joy that David had to dance till his dress got torn. Can you imagine? That was unethical. As a king, that was completely unethical. And the best person to have commented and advised on that would be his wife, of course. And so she did what she was supposed to do as a good queen. And God shut her womb. No, no, she was being right. She was doing the right thing. So God shut her womb. God says, you can touch any other thing. Not joy in my presence. 
this you can touch any other thing not joy in my present you you you, you can no don't worry you can criticize any other thing but not joy in my presence so we sing the old song i was glad when they said unto me i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord think about it i was glad today can we say we are glad when they say unto us let us go into the house of the lord. rejoice i say unto you rejoice he didn't say do things that make you happy he said rejoice it was a command that means that you are in control of the joy you feel that means when you come into the presence of God, you can decide to let go of all the troubles. Even if there was an argument right before stepping into the, the house of God, you can actually decide to let go of it. And then rejoice in the presence of God. Amen. So, so this is one of the major things that dropped in my spirit. To speak about the state of joy and responses here. Which is that, See, the people on the street must hear your voice more than the microphone. People must wonder what is happening here. God, God he knows his people. Oh. He knows the joy and the energy in you. And that's why he said, when two or three being gathered is enough. <laughs> no, I just need two or three. And it's enough. And I believe we are more than two or three here. Amen. Amen. In the next two minutes, I want us to just pray. And say, Father, help me to walk in the joy of the Spirit. Help me to walk in the joy of the Spirit. Let me be able to cast off burdens easily. Let me walk in the joy of the Spirit. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Konda brasha badaga babadi wa shaluataya, rabadaga babadi wa shanda grasa tadaga babadi wa sheila branda, rapata tata 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 falwa deisho branda gababadi wa sola, rabadi busha branda gababadi wa shandwa kesha, rabino kasha branda gababadi wa saya. Thank you, Father, for the joy of the Spirit. Imarusha badak babadi wa saya, ibrakusha branda gababadi wa shandwa saya. We thank you, Father, for this assembly. We thank you for the joy of the spirit lord we thank you god that there is joy stayed up in your people that there is joy stayed up in your people for we have come to learn that the lord thy god in the midst of thee is mighty help us to be mighty in this gathering lord help us to be mighty here as good children let us follow you in might in joy we speak in the name of Jesus that bad things, that depression, that every weight that we are carrying will fall off, will be lifted off in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the joy of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the final thing I want to talk about, and then we can round up in some time of prayer. I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Thank you for the keyboard. It's, it's, thank you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. Now, one time, one great man of God in this nation traveled out of the country and 
he was picking a cup from one place to the other a taxi from one place to the other and while he was in the taxi he was there then almost getting to his destination then he said something that was christian related so the driver asked him ah you are also religious and he said yes i am and i said so you believe you go to heaven he said yes so you believe heaven is a beautiful place a peaceful place blah 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 he said yes he said if you believe all what you are saying he said then kill yourself right now and go to heaven if heaven is as beautiful as we say if heaven is the goal as they say then why is it after we got saved God didn't just take us to heaven why stay around why be around and go through all the hell we are going through so why not kill yourself and just go and he said just as he was about to answer the driver they got to their destination so the 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 pain, the distress that this guy will not be able to express himself to the driver. He wrote a book out of it. But it's so amazing. The entire book is centered on this scripture. And it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. In summary, all this is saying is that the reason why, after giving your life to Jesus, God didn't take you to heaven is because there are good works for you to do. The reason why God hasn't taken you to heaven is because there are works for you to do. We weren't called to be believers just to fill the auditorium. We weren't called to be believers so we can carry Christianity as a, as a tag. Oh, I'm Christian. We weren't called to be believers only so that in times of trouble we can call on the Lord. There is more to our call than to just come for solutions from God included and even the main reason for our recreation in the Lord is unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them so he says God before ordained that we should walk in these good works the good works are actually the original plan he foreordained them he pre-planned them and said I want Samuel to walk in these good works but the issue of sin came in. The issue of Adam falling came in. And so Jesus Christ had to come to redeem you. To buy you back. So that you can do what he called you to do originally. So I'm saying the primary purpose of your calling is to be effective in God's kingdom. Recently I was there and then a phrase was coming to mind a phrase was coming to mind and then it was a simple phrase it was works over hype works over hype works over hype works over hype but to hype something means to make noise about the thing so works over hype the thing kept on coming and then I was like God what is it he said we were called to be effective not to be loud we were called to be effective, not to be loud. We were called to be effective, not to be loud. We were called to be effective, not to be loud. We were called to be effective. So God is not satisfied with you just coming to sit here alone. He wants you to be effective. Imagine you have a car that does not work. 
it's spread new. The tires are new. The rims are beautiful. Powerful engine. Everything the tank is filled to the full, but it cannot work. It cannot spark. Is there is there even any joy? Is there even any benefit in having such a thing? But that is actually the current state of a lot of believers. Because we dress nice to church, we profess the Christianity with joy, but we are actually in reality we are not effective in the house of God. Because he says he has called us unto good works which he before ordained that we should walk in them. God is waiting. You see, the Bible says, and God rested from all his work. Now God is also waiting for you to start your work. There is something that God has called you to do. It is not enough to worship him in songs. It is not enough to pray to him. It is not enough to be present. He also needs you to be effective. You are doing a great job by showing up on Sunday. That is great. But the work he has called you to do goes beyond the Sunday. There are so many people out there that your life is meant to be a blessing to. The Bible says, look not unto the things of yourself, but unto the things of others. It's like the main focus of the kingdom is others. The question is, how many people have your, has your life practically been a blessing to as far as the gospel is concerned? God wants effectiveness. John chapter 15. We'll start reading from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now verse if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask whatever, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, God is saying simply here that there is a realm that as a believer you can walk in where anything you ask God, immediately you will it. Whatever you want, you will, whatever you want. He said immediately heaven gets to the job. But that space, that realm, where immediately you will, you want something, heaven gets to the job, comes from abiding. And the effect of abiding is fruit bearing. Because the center or the focus of this passage is to tell believers that you were called to bear fruit. You cannot just be an empty branch that is there. 
you have to bring forth fruit. And in bringing forth fruit, in, in attending to the Father's vision of bringing forth fruit, he said that's when God will also take care of your needs. I like the way one man of God puts it. He says, in attending to God's vision, that's when God will attend to your provision. Your provision will only come in God's vision. Imagine as a parent, you call your child to send your child. So you call. Do you ever just call your child for nothing? No, by the time you are calling someone, it's because something needs to be done. And Paul says this, says, all of us have been called. It is up to us to confirm our calling and election. Many are called, but few are chosen. So the calling is, is scattered to everyone. He says, the sower went out to sow. He scattered the seed. Even the places where he knew will not be able to produce it like the rosa, he's still scattered there. He doesn't want anyone to open them out and say, the reason why I didn't do was because you didn't call me. So he will give it to you so that you will see that God called, but I didn't do. He scatters the seed equally. And then what happened next? You are supposed to take on that seed and bear fruit with it. So whenever somebody is called, there is something that needs to be done. Whenever something is, someone is called on, it's because there is an assignment to be done. So whenever God calls on you, it is because there is something he deems your life relevant enough to do. That is why he's calling on you. And in bearing fruit in that area, God says, I will sort out your needs. Whatever it is you want, I will sort it out. So I'm saying as a parent, imagine calling your child to pick something up for you and your child refuses to go. And right after refusing to go, the child says, Mommy, I want. You see, it's even funny. Like, how? No, that, that's not allowed. How? <laughs> it's funny. So, why would a believer not be effective in the house of God and expect God to be effective in their life? Why will a believer be so effective in every other area apart from God? And expect that God will be effective in their life. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all, all these things will be added unto you. Before that, he says, for we know that the Gentiles have need of these things. These are the things that the Gentiles do seek after. And he says, I know that you too, you have need of them. So God is not denying the fact that it will be great to put you in a comfortable home. God is not denying great to put you in a comfortable car. God is not denying the fact that it will be great to clothe you beautifully. God is not denying that fact. God is not denying the fact that it will be beautiful for you to have abundance. He's not denying the fact. He's saying that I want you to tend to me so that I can bring the things. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to seek first my ways. I want you to do what I want you to do first. Then in doing that, trust me, I will supply your needs. Jesus Christ wanted it to sink into the people's heads to the point that he said, look at the birds of the earth, they neither sow nor reap. Can you imagine how desperate the Lord was to make the people understand the Father's ability to provide? That he will compare human beings to birds. He said these birds, they don't store in bands. As in, they don't have a savings account. They don't have a business they are doing. Yet, no day goes by that they are hungry. Their father feeds them every day. Then he says, are you not worth more than sparrows? Are you not worth more? He said, Solomon in all his wisdom was not clothed like one of the ladies. 
Like God, God, God took his time to care about the dressing of the flowers that are here tomorrow in God more than even Solomon. He says, why won't God care about what you wear? Why won't God care about providing for you? Believers must shift back into that realm where God is your provider. Where God is meeting your needs. Where when someone threatens you physically, you are confident of the fact that you have a God who will back you. Not you are believing or you are hoping, but you are confident. And that confidence will come out of bearing fruit for God. That confidence will come by being effective in the house of God. Every time you see an empty chair, that is a calling. Sometimes number the chairs. Say, chair number one, two, three is for me. I will fill these three chairs. You'll be surprised how many people are out there that want to come, that are looking for God. The only reason why they've not come is because you've not asked them. <laughs> you, the, the, the one thing that can never be scarce is human beings. You, you'll be surprised how many people are out there looking for solutions. You'll be surprised how many of your colleagues, friends, family are out there going through stuff, desperately looking for solutions. And, and they, they don't know what to do. They're actually confused. They are desperate. The solution is in you. It's actually been resting on your tongue all this while. You didn't open to speak to them. That's the only reason why. That is the only reason why. It reminds me of this personal testimony I was thinking about. Do you know Mel? One time I just told Mel that eh, we're having 31st night. And since you don't really have a stable place you go to church, I want you to come. And he came to Victory Temple for a 31st night service. So a good, very good friend of mine. He reads them, studies the Bible, everything, but he doesn't go to church. And you would easily ignore such a thing. But it just occurred to me to invite him for 31st night. And when he came, can you imagine now, like small, small like that, now he's the sound engineer for the church. Like when he doesn't come to church, there is no sound. Or there is no proper sound. He's training other people. Like now when I look at his effectiveness in the house of God, I ask myself, so if I didn't invite this one soul to church, probably by now we'll have to be paying a sound engineer every Sunday and today so sorry I'm busy and it will become another whole problem but can you imagine just asking one person to come today lives are being blessed because that one person came there are so many more people that are relying and counting on you people are hungry people are searching but sometimes they will not say and sometimes people don't even know that they are searching they are hungry it's like how sometimes you, you feel for something but you don't even know what you feel for <laughs> You, you thought if I take this drink, it will satisfy that thing. But you take it and feel like, no, it's, this is not what I actually, it's not the taste I was searching for. And that's what's happening to people. They are still experimenting tastes. And some of us have watched as loved ones have drifted from God and have even gotten involved in fetish things we are watching. Because we have not offered them the solution called the church. We have not offered them the solution called the gospel. We've not offered them the solution called Jesus effectiveness in the house of God is the second thing that I want to say to us today. That in all we do, in all our doing, let's be effective. 
don't just come around you know sometimes you tell people to do something they are around as if they are working but they are just up and down they are not actually being effective they're just moving around plenty it shouldn't be like that in the house of god it shouldn't be that like we are around but there are no fruits from our presence no there should be tangible fruits that's there should be tangible fruit like count be able to count and say i did this and i did that and, and by the grace of god i was able to do this and these people are here established because of me this woman in my neighborhood she's not been going to church i've been noticing every sunday and by the grace of god i brought her and today she's established ushering helping and blessing other lives effectiveness in the house of god must be a priority so i'll leave us with these two things which is number one we must be mighty whenever we come we must be mighty i feel i feel if i was going to do a personal prophetic ministration in the same regard let's consider all this a personal prophetic ministration that this was personally prophetic that i called you and i said god said i should tell you be effective in his house god said i should tell you that <laughs> when you come be more mighty in the service Shall we rise to our feet? I love the song. He said, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. While he sings, can we just speak in the language of the spirit? And God said something to me. He said, the church needs a certain pressure to expand. That's what I heard. He said, the church needs a certain pressure to expand. And I, I feel it more as a pressure from prayer and a pressure from effectiveness for expansion. So we are going to speak in the language of the Spirit in a short while and then we're just going to picture an explosion happening here. We're just going to picture an expansion like out of pressure from prayer. Is that okay? Shall we lift up our voice and begin to pray in the language of the Spirit? Out of my belly, they put worshippers. They put worshippers in front. They put worshippers. And as they say, for the Lord is good. 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 The mountains before them started to give way. For the Lord is good. 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 The mountains started to give way. For the Lord is good. And His mercies endures. The mountains were giving way. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good.
worship is my weapon. My 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 clap is my weapon. Scripture says, clap your hands, all ye people. 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 And shout! With a voice of triumph. Shout with the voice of triumph. Is that the voice of triumph? Did you know the Lord just gave you victory? He just gave you victory. He just gave you victory. He just gave you victory. Shout with the voice of triumph. says clap your hands all ye people because sometimes we don't know how to um, do what they say but I didn't tell you the Bible says clap your hands all ye people some of you have not clapped since so your clapping is not even strong clap 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 and then that same scripture says and shout 